We certainly do not have to spiritualize everything in the world. There are some things that are physical realities that we do. We eat. We don't have to spiritualize eating. But in the middle of this um, process of training, I ran across the passage in 1 Corinthians. And I thought, ah, this is really fascinating. I began to research and why Paul writes this. So uh, in 1 Corinthians 9, we'll start there, at verse 24. The Apostle Paul says, Do you not know that in a race all runners compete, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we are imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Now turn to Hebrews 12. We do not know who the writer of Hebrews was for sure. Same theme, though. I forgot to bring something up. While you turn to Hebrews 12, Hebrews 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, in about 50 or 51 A.D., after Christ, the Apostle Paul was residing in the city of Corinth where uh, 1 Corinthians is set. The city of Corinth is on an isthmus. That's hard for me to say. Ith. It's I-T-H-S-M-U-S. Isthmus means a narrow piece of land. If you look at your Bible maps, it's, um, it, the, the, it narrows down to a three-mile stretch of land and then opens up again into a broad uh, piece of ground. And the city of Corinth was located right there until the 1800s when there was an earthquake and then it moved. Um, but that's where the city of Corinth was. Now, ro- the Roman world, there were the Olympic Games. Uh, you've heard of the Olympic Games? They originated in the Greek world, and they were every four years, and uh, they're still in practice today. But uh, apparently in the Roman world, they enjoyed sports or athletic competition a great deal. They actually valued it a lot. And uh, so they hosted, uh, they, they're called Isthmian Games. That is really hard to say, Isthmian Games. They're on that narrow isthmus of land where Corinth was, and they were held every four years as well, but they were held in the off years. So the Olympic Games were one, I'm sorry, they were held every two years, but always never when the Olympics were. So, so they they would be held in between the Olympics. And the, the, strong, the two biggest athletic events in the Isthmian Games were running and boxing. Um, and 
uh, Paul was there, they think, and if you travel the Pauline travels, he probably was there during a time when there were athletes there training for the Isthmian Games. And it, it, he, he brings that back and says, Do you not know that in a race all runners compete, but only one receives the prize? Now, if you didn't notice that in the, in the Amish country half marathon, uh, I did not win first place. In fact, of the 169 uh, athletes uh, in the 5K, I came in 50th. I have a little bit to go here yet, but still, you know. But all of us received this. This is our, this is a, I will hang this up and remember it. It's the first 5K I've ever I, done. By the way, I'm signed up for two more this year yet. And my friend Jim Smoker says, 5K, we'll keep training, but you're going to do a half marathon. And he was actually looking for half marathons later this year. And I said, Jim, Jim, wait. Anyway, he said, you can do it. Okay. But uh, this, I, the, the winners received recognition. In the Roman world, the re- winners received a wreath uh, made of leaves, a special plant that, that was dedicated to the gods. And it was a religious thing for the, for the Roman world. Uh, they, 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 they were held to honor uh, Posidian, who is the mythological god of the seas. Where is this? It's on this narrow isthmus of the land surrounded by sea on either side. Um, they, they had uh, horseback riding as well. They had gymnastics. And they also had music and poetry contests during this time. So, so this is a very competitive world. Paul's looking in and saying, so you know, you know how this, this works. And uh, so if I, I decided I, I'm going to speak from, from that basis this morning. Um, and, and by the way, no one runs to be the loser. There was no one in that 5K who said, I'm going, to, I'm going to work really hard to come in last. Oh, oh and I want to say this. Uh, Isaac and Chris and Luke. I think, was there anybody else running uh, from our church who came? But uh, Chris is a fast preacher. <laughs> he is a quick, yeah. yeah. He, 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 he won. He, he ranked higher than I did. That's the point of the run, to see where you're going. Now, it's not all about competition. It's not all about winning first place. It's also about what it does to the athlete himself, the sense of accomplishment. Now, uh, there are three things that I learned from my initial foray into running, and it's not over. I'm going to keep doing this for uh, at least the, now because of what it does to my body. I'm 51 years old. Uh, my job isn't very active in most cases. So this is a good way to get some physical exercise. I have rearranged 24 pounds since June uh, somewhere. Um, but, uh, but there are three things I learned, and there are more, but discipline is necessary. It is necessary to be disciplined to do this kind of thing. Uh, the route of the 5K was not chosen by me. If it were that sadistic hill at the route, wouldn't have been on it. You went up over a hill, came down the other side, and turned around and came back up over the hill. It was miserable. But the route was chosen. That's important. I don't choose the route. The third thing that I noted is I, I was powerfully surprised at what encouragement and cheering did for myself when I ran. And I want to just kind of move right into this 
and, and, and think about uh, what Paul says here. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath. They do it to receive something like this, or the winner's cup, or the recognition that goes with it. That's why they exercise the self-discipline necessary. Um, just as runners in a foot race, just as runners in a 5K or a 10K or a half marathon marathon, you have to practice certain disciplines to make it uh, possible for them to finish or win the race. There is a discipline that goes with it. The di- Winning the race or running the race, let's just call it that. Running the race does not happen last Saturday morning. Running the race happened in June. When on that lonely Florida sidewalk with all these very fit-looking people. Narita and I were on our anniversary uh, trip when I started running. These other people all look fit and they just by you in the morning, you know. Another one. And they all look toned and fit and I'm there. It sounded like elephants coming down the the sidewalk. And I'm like, um, oh God, you know, this is so stupid. Why did I make this commitment? And, and all, all that. But it, it came as I pushed my body to take the next step, to take the next step. And, and this is what I, I had to do. Maybe it'd be different for some of you, but I had to kind of say, I'm going to run to the next telephone post before I walk. And even today, uh, in, in the 5K, uh, well, I, I'll talk about that in a minute. So, so, in the same way, as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, you have to practice certain disciplines to finish the race of life. You have, uh, Christianity doesn't happen in church on Sunday mornings. It happens in the moments that you're alone, where you practice, where you exercise, where you practice self-discipline to grow as a believer. And it is not... Um, I, I actually thought about waiting till about a week before the 5K and then practicing every day. Does that work, Joe? You're a runner. Does that work? If I would have not never ran in my life and uh, uh, waited till the week before, and then, no, it's the low, it's the long and slow process, and it's the same way is true in our Christian lives. Don't be so worried about oh, I haven't grown any as. It, Ask yourself the question, am I growing? It's the a, it's a slow and steady growth that happens that is deeper and that will actually last longer and will help you win in the end. And that, uh, Chris and I are, are reading a book about, have read a book together about, or are reading, I am, he's finished it, about discipleship. And the man's argument is that it happens in, in the long, gradual process of us bringing ourselves to Jesus. And I want us to move away from thinking that we can have this event where we grow in Jesus. Yeah, you can grow in those events, but you can only grow in those events in the same rate that you're growing in your everyday discipline walk with Jesus. So it is the exercise of godliness. Paul says it here, and he's making the spiritual point. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. Now, so, Jesus, the, way, the race Jesus calls us to requires long, slow training. It is much better, and, and I, I also, uh, because I like reading, I'd read all these articles about running, and I discovered that it was much more fun to read the articles about running than to run. 
You know? Sometimes it's much easier to actually talk about, oh, this is what I'd want to do, than to do it as a Christian. So what is God calling you, you, me, to do in our walk with him, our race with him, running together with him, for him, for us to build more spiritual muscle? The challenge is that. The second thing is I, we had to run a specific route. Notice Paul says, I do not run aimlessly, neither do I box as one beating the air. So Paul is looking out his window and sees these runners running a specified route. Or he sees boxers, and they're not just standing around going like that. They're actually hitting the punching bag or each other. The route is chosen. So what would it have been like last Saturday morning if uh, David would have turned right out of the parking lot and ran, ran that way, and Narita would have uh, turned left and went up to the crossroad and turned right, and I would have gone straight on 77. We wouldn't have finished. We would not have finished. Uh, the route is chosen. In this case, Brent helped choose the route, and I blamed him for the hill. Okay? But everyone had to run that hill. In, in my own training, it became the hill. And there are times, uh, by the way, um, on, on um, last Saturday morning, I, I, and this so often happens, it came out of the a Grace and Behold parking lot and turned left and went up to 366 and turned left again. And that's all uphill. And then it looks like it's flat, but it isn't. It goes slow and slow uphill. And then at the very end, it goes like that. Sharp and steep uphill. And then you go down the other side. And then you turn around and come back that side. Okay? But about halfway back 366 to the bottom of the hill, I'm like, I'm going to die. They, they may as well shoot me now. Because I'm not going to make it, you know. I may as well go in the cornfield and throw up and finish. Okay? That's, I felt that. I felt that. I could have turned around and gone back, and you probably would have given. But it wouldn't have been the same. In the same way, there is a route that God has chosen for us. It is overarching, there's a big marathon that we're all running. Within that, he gives some, uh, we run differently. Some of us run slower, some of us run faster. But the route is picked. And the call for all of us is to run that route, to not run aimlessly. What is the route that God has called us to run? And you have to practice running that route. The call for you, uh, I, I discovered this. I didn't, know, I didn't know all this about running, but the, the good runners go out and run their route. So the week before uh, the event happened, I, I'd get to be halt early, and there are these cars parked in the parking lot. I'm like, I wonder what those cars are there for. Then I'd see these sweaty people coming back because they were running the route because they wanted to run the route. And the call 
for all of us is to run the route that God has laid out. There's a prize at the end, but you run the route. So you have to run that route. God calls us to run a specific race. The third thing I learned, and I, I, I had no clue about this till the morning of the race, how powerful encouragement was in that race. So, and I asked Sam's permission if, if, if I could share this. When he found out what we were doing, he said, I want to match the funds, but I have one request. And I thought, well, he had two requests. One, that he would only match the funds of people who normally, who regularly attend Providence, because he wanted to push us into giving, which is beautiful. The second thing was, he said, I want to run with you. I think I told you this. I said, but you're much faster than I am. He said, doesn't matter. I want to run with you. And that made me a little nervous. Because I, he runs faster than I do. He's been running eight or ten years. He runs faster than I do. And he said, don't be nervous. He said, you're going to set, you're going to set the pace. And there was something really powerful about that. To have somebody running with you. And we, we went, out of the, went up the hill towards 366 south out of the Hall parking lot. And he said, now, now Marcus, don't forget. Hot buttered noodles at the end. Um, and it brought out the best in me. I ran the best 5K time that I had ever, have ever run that morning. But it's because I was running with someone. It brought out the best in me. The other thing is that when you went back over, and I had no, I had, I've never done this, went back over the hill, and, and he, he said, and by the way, there's no shame in walking. There's no shame in walking. And, you know, I gave it everything I had, and I... Uh, and he was talking, and I grunted because I couldn't breathe anymore. <laughs> and, I, and he said, uh, and he was, he was not breathing hard. Let's just put like, and, it, and I, I said, I need to walk. He said, great. And we walked. He stayed right there by my side. And um, I looked at our times. They electronically check your times with uh, the chip in your, uh, in your, pl- in your uh, whatever the thing you hang on you. What do you call that? Bib, yeah, the bib, it tracks, and our times are, there's no second, we're, we're exactly the same. It, it worked out that it, we, we won together. But we went over the hill, and you know, of course now we're running downhill, and I'm thinking about running uphill. I'm thinking about catching my breath, so I'm kind of pacing myself. And I heard something out ahead, and I, I wonder what that, I wonder who those people are. And I came down around the corner to the turnaround, the 5K turnaround, and there is Marvin J. and his wife Janice, Freddie and Sherry Miller, and a whole group of legacy kids. They're, they're passing out Gatorade there. And they, those people didn't know I was running there. They look up and they say, Marcus, go, 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 you know, and the cheering. And I found another burst of speed that I didn't know was possible. And boy, I whipped it around that cone and went right back up over the hill. And I did not stop one time going up the hill until I was out of their sight. <laughs> but it was, I, I didn't realize the power of that. And then we came down to the corner, turned right, and we're going down towards Behold. And I look out and I see Dawn Stolzfus and my mother-in-law sitting inside of the grass there, cheering 
They had a sign in balloons. And I saw Chris and Naomi and their family standing there. And it's like oh, it's, it's this almost imperceptible drawing that gave you the strength to run that last stretch. Now, Hebrews 12. Seeing we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, lay down the weight, the sin that clings to you, and run with endurance the race that is set before us. There are two ways that we encourage people. First of all, we run with them in their spiritual walk. We run with them. And you know, not everyone runs at the same pace. But there is something powerful, there's something about that picture of, of Sam running by my side. Not in front of me, not behind me. And by the way, the reason I'm laughing when we cross the finish line, which is the now famous picture, you'll have to see my agent if you want to get it signed in. My, Brent put it in the budget. Anyway, okay. And the reason I'm, I'm laughing when we cross the finish line is because right before we got there, Sam said, remember, hot buttered noodles. And it made me laugh right when we crossed the finish line or else I would have probably been uh, grimacing. But the point is he pointed me towards the end. There's something waiting for us. Now listen, brothers and sisters. Not all of us run the same speed. And it's easy to look at those people running ahead of us and say, look at that arrogant guy. Or what does he think he is? Or the person behind us say, why can't they pick up the pace? What is much more powerful than saying any of those two things is to say, let me run with you. The other way we encourage is by doing what Dawn did. And some of the rest of you, I just saw Dawn. The other, some of the others were cheering as well. It's to say, you can do it, go, go. And when we do that, when people run the race differently than us, we're honoring who God made them to be. We're honoring who God, the differences, we're honoring how God created each of us differently. We'll end up running the race a little differently. And we're honoring the differences and bringing them together and saying, together we make a more Fool, more rich package. So, long, slow growth is much better than trying to do it all the week before. So allow Jesus to keep working on your heart and your life in the pace that he wants to bring. And don't, be, don't condemn others who aren't growing at the same rate as you. In fact, we should encourage each other by saying, I see growth. Way to go. The second thing is the route is specific and clear. It's been picked out. And the third thing is I want to be part of that great cloud of witnesses. And by the way, that, the way that's written in Greek means that it's both present and past. So it's the people who have died and the people who are, we are living with presently who are cheering us on. Narita and I have a friend, Lauren Miller, who in the early 1990s was in an auto accident and was in a coma for 54 days. Somewhere in the middle of that, he, he, he nearly he coded a number of times in that coma. But somewhere in the middle of that coma, he saw into heaven. And it was a, he said it was a great walled city. And the gates were open 
And he said he didn't have to move. He didn't have to put any effort forth because there was something coming out of that gates that was those gates that were draw that was drawing him in, that was pulling him in. There was energy coming out of those gates that was just drawing him in. And he suddenly realized that energy was love. It was love. And he heard these people cheering, and he realized they were cheering for him. Come on, you can do it. Finish up, finish up. And then, in his case, the gates closed, and he heard a voice saying, I'm not done with you yet. When he woke up, he just wanted to go back to that place. But the route isn't done for him yet. He's still living today. So the call to all of us is to be part of the race, but also to be part of the team of people that runs together, that encourages each other, that grows together in the specific route that God has chosen for all of us. And I guarantee you we're going to receive something much more than a participation medal. We're going to receive a crown because each one of us, if we are faithful, is going to win. And in the Greek world, crowns were put onto winners. And when the New Testament talks about the crown we'll get in heaven, it's about being a winner. Let's stand together. Lord Jesus, we invite your presence, your power, and your strength into this moment as we, uh, as we think about what it means to run the race, the race of life. And I pray that you would, your that each one of us would be encouraged to think about the training that is necessary and then to think about the route that you've called all of us to run. There is an end, final goal, a winner's circle. And then to think about encouraging each other to run together. Lord, I say thank you for the people you've called together here at Providence. In Jesus' name, amen.